Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, well, that's more, <laughs> guys. We'll we try figure one more that time? out. Three, two, one. Nope. Mm, okay. All right. That's not going to work. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm keeping all that in. Hey, welcome to Nobody's Saying Hello. This is the show where we call up our friends and we say, hi, how you doing? How's the world where you are at? This show is brought to you in part by your support on Patreon.com. Patreon.com backslash the nobodies. Go there. Give us a dollar. That's all you need. Okay. Um, today on Nobody's <laughs> Saying Hello... We have a queer wrestling legend and producer of the upcoming Paris is Bumping on IWTV, Billy Dixon. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I feel Billy's so name, welcome. Billy's name on the recording says Belisha, everyone. I just want you to know. Yes. She's feeling that fantasy today, so it is what it is. <laughs> she do. She's been up all night working, and now she's here with us. So yes. We, we normally do an evening recording. This is like a morning, a Sunday morning recording. Sunday morning. I'm the guest of religion to be up this early. I know who I am, but who are you? <laughs> um, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing super, super good. Life is, life is good. Uh, we're editing the show. We are... About halfway done. Um, I just finished working where I get to kiki with old people for hours and hours at a time. Um, and life is good. I can't complain. Um, who's, your fa- who's your favorite old person that you work with? So this one girl, we call her Honey because she doesn't remember names, but she just calls everybody Honey. <laughs> um, so Honey's a key. She gives me a really bad and probably out-of-date lifesavers. Um, and she just like has nothing better to do, but to just have a key and talk about, um, her worldviews, which for someone so old and so Southern, I was goofed by how she was like, yeah, she wanted to like have sex with Jane Fonda in the seventies. And I was just like, oh my God, honey is a key. Okay. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. We love, we stand honey in this house. You were also telling us that, which surprised me, that these old people were very uh, glad when uh, uh, Trump got diagnosed with COVID. Yeah. So one of the one of the uh, quotes was, "If we could get it, that bitch could get it too." Um, See. And yeah, the girls were just they were they were living, they were having a key, they were they were congregating at like <laughs> one in the morning. In the lobby, just just talking about like this great revolutionary moment in American history, um, and completely like disregarding the fact that they were like not social distancing whatsoever. They're like, <laughs> they're like, girl, we'll see you in hell. And I was just like, period. Yeah, <laughs> we love the old full time. He's not gonna die, unfortunately, no. fortunately, or unfortunately. I don't know. She had a hundred and three temperature the other day. What is that like? Public information now yeah oh well let's know. talk about something else because uh everyone talks about this shit all the time and i feel like we're it is our duty to bring other to not things. do that yeah tell us about this show you're doing that you're editing currently yes so on october 29th that is a thursday uh at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific uh, IWTV is going to be airing Paris is Wumping, the first ever wrestling kiki ball in history. Or some incarnation of the words. I am not good with consistent branding. It is what it is. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so uh, I had this idea when I was working under a queer wrestling dictatorship a couple years ago. And I was like, huh, do I pitch this or do I keep this in my back pocket? And I was like, no, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. Um, Yeah, very good call. (laughs) Very, very good. Um, And I remember I had this idea for a couple years and I was just like, I'm a kid who, you know, did one ball in Harlem when I was in the ninth grade. And I was so mesmerized by it. And I was just like, this is so pro wrestling. And even though I got top beyond belief, uh, it was like one of the most like invigorating experiences in my life. And to me, like there was a certain point where I felt like the pride movement within the wrestling space was a little too whitewashed for my liking and a little too like heteronormative for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term. And like, not like, I, I, I was struggling with the fact that I felt that there were pride shows that didn't even feature queer workers on them. And I was just like, what's going on? Um, being a part of queer shows that I felt weren't really helping anybody queer get over or a, like a positive work environment or positive experience or feeling like, you know, in order to get some kind of moment for us, it would always have to be tied to some cishet dude and i was just like Mm. she's over it um and i had this idea and you know one of the things that like you know i'm all about transparency was that i produced a show this year called butch versus gore and part of uh that agreement was that the earnings that i would have made and the earnings the show would have made would have funded the paris's bumping event so essentially uh the cut that i would have made which it was primetime pro wrestling's highest grossing show ever. Uh, there's like a couple grand I'll never get. So mm. I was devastated and other things have happened that have made that promotion and relationship completely dissolved this year. Um, but, you know, I asked the public, what did they think about doing it uh, uh, cinematically? I had some money and the uh, fan base was, I am very blown away at their generosity and their willingness to believe in this product and this vision to the point where I have cried several times in disbelief of people really believing in me because like imposter syndrome is not the word. Um, so yeah, uh, this is the people's project. This is the people's promotion. Um, they are pushing this through. Um, and we all gathered at a bar in literally the middle of fucking nowhere that bar was wild. That place was insane. But what, like, like in the uh, best way. You know? I don't what, how you you told me that like the guy who was working there is a worker or like yeah. how did that even come about? So he's a worker that I met at prime time. Um so we uh we uh we like barely knew each other. Like we worked maybe a couple times together. And uh my, I was originally supposed to film it at a place called Denison's Brewery Company. But they were being shady boots to me. And before COVID, then during COVID, then after COVID. And I was like, oh, I'm not fucking with you. And then DC Brow, where we held uh, Butch versus Gore, they were uh, really concerned about safety. So their mm. kind of response was really lukewarm. And I was like, I'm not going to ruin this positive relationship that we've built. So I will figure out something else. So then. Uh, I started asking around and then Mac Buckler, the worker who owns um, 
Betty Russell's bar in Valley Lee, Maryland, uh, was like, hey, uh, do you just want to film at my place? You can do whatever you want. And I said, send me a couple pictures. I saw the pictures. I was like, how the fuck am I going to turn this into like a ball? You did though. You really did. Thank I like you. it. Like it. It. I. I have never been to a bar like that in my life because I'm from New York and don't leave very often. <laughs> and like, it was wild how like you could tell underneath it was just like a middle of nowhere dive bar attached to a convenience store attached to a hair salon. Iconic. What? But it, was like, it in a strip we, mall? No, it was in nothing. It was in a field, bitch. Like. <sighs> There was like I like it was like that uh, painting of that like struggling woman in the MoMA, you know, like <laughs> no. reaching out for the house in the distance. Like that's what it looks oh like. Oh my god! It was the wild. Stay for the children of the corn. Yeah, I, I'll never in my life forget like um, Jay Lee taking photos outside and Eddie in full wrestling drag, waving hi to all the truckers, screaming hi Republicans at them. <laughs> <laughs> Truly the most iconic moment in my entire life. That gives me serious uh, pinche at the Pride March with the um, the protesters. I love that. Oh, wait, I don't know about that. Tell me about that. Oh, pinche uh, in LA, there was like a Pride March or a show or something. And like anti-queer protesters came at her. It's like iconic clip. And she just starts voguing uh, and flipping her wig in front of them, like dead in their face, dipping it and doing it as they have their like anti-queer signs. And you just hear people going, yes, you better work, bitch. And like, sometimes when I like, when I watch CNN or MSNBC, like I watch that clip and I'm like, okay, we're getting back in resistance mode. So refreshed, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Eddie, Eddie, that is so correct for Eddie to do that. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I love Eddie. Um, what what was the process of talking to IWTV about this like? Because they have always been, you know, Gerard is he's a very cool dude, but like I'm I'm curious because their content is they've always been supportive of LGBT people, but I, I wonder what talking like how it was behind the scenes for you with that. So I really am happy to say that it was positive, um, and I think the thing that was the hardest was explaining the concept mm. um, because explaining the most cunt thing ever to someone who is not <laughs> queer is like near impossible. Right. And it's like me going, just trust me, just trust me. Remember Butch versus Gore. Remember how it trended in the top 10 nationwide. Remember that? Like, yeah, you know, uh, and being like, here's my track record, you know, my track record and him mm-hmm. going, you know what? Okay, cool. And then literally, like, it was like a 10 to 15 conversation, 10 to 15 minute conversation trying to get him to understand where I'm coming from. And then after that, I got the paperwork inside the contract and got the time slot. So, so yeah, he's very, um, very supportive. And one of the things that me and him have talked about, which hopefully uh, it leads to more collaboration, um, I've, I've been working on their the, uh, Mass Wrestler project, which is really cool coming out uh, soon, is uh, making IWTV more like actual MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, yeah, we live stream wrestling shows. There's a beautiful on-demand uh, library. But like, there's so much more that the craft has to offer besides just live streams. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things that is in talks right now, which I don't know if I'm allowed to spill or whatever, but I'm a part of it, so who cares? And you're my sisters. Uh, is that like 
Faye Jackson getting a talk show. Like that is oh, like, yeah. so like um that's like things like that. I, I pitched doing like some sort of drag race type of thing um where we like help people that are boogered not be booger. Um <laughs> there's a long list. Uh uh one of the things we pitched is like not like a cribs, but like wrestling school. So that if you have a wrestling school, like you can pitch it in a really cool and different way versus like a website from 2008. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So IWTV, I think they're really trying to expand what that is. And I'm happy that this is like one of the things that like is a catalyst for that. You know what I mean? Um, for them to expand what the content is. So it's been really positive. Um, and I am really glad that they're, they're going with this because I thought there was going to be way more resistance. How do you explain ballroom to someone who's never seen it before? Because I feel like I'm constantly faced with this challenge in, in like writing and, you know, like talking to wrestling fans and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something new to watch. What do I do? And I'm like, how do I fucking explain why you would like this? Like what's your, what was your pitch to explain ballroom? So it's a lot of like simile and a lot of like, comparison so if i'm talking to like betty and joe Birkan about ballroom it's like um so imagine like the outcasts at your high school because everybody loves a high school reference point um imagine the outcasts at your high school that are like treated like shit for literally no reason and they meet to hang out but they hang out to compete with each other in a costume contest. And also sometimes they dance. And then a group of the top outcasts who have experience doing this, judge them or know what they're talking about, judge them. And then when we add in the, the wrestling element, now part of it is that they wrestle, but also they get judged on the outfits. So it's like having to kind of almost disrespect that in which you're explaining so that the layman's term is as applicable as possible, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. I find really frustrating, but it's kind of a necessary evil. And I think the thing that what I'm happy to, to report back is that my straight cishet male friends were super intrigued after we launched our like uh, show announcement. They're like, well, what is mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. And like, uh, uh, for example, PB Smooth from, um, I think he's from uh, Philly. He messages me. He's like, so tell me more about this. What is this? Uh, what can I watch to get a better understanding of what you're trying to do? And he's like, okay, I've been watching Pose. This is really cool. Um, this documentary is really cool. Um, and like leaving notes. And like, what's really kind of nice is in locker rooms, like uh, progress, whatever. But like little stirrings of people kind of getting into like legendary and like, Mm -hmm. pose and things like that but like there's still that like do I talk about this aloud kind of thing but the, the, the plan is working like they're starting the to see it the and gay agenda is working I yeah. can't wait can't wait Down do you with see a lot of workers black or white knowing what ballroom is at this point uh, I'm gonna say like it's an undercurrent so I'm gonna say probably a, a minority of workers, no, but I think that 
it's way more than if you would have asked me in 2016 right uh would be and a lot of it is just a lot of questions and mm. a lot of like holy shit like um i think the uh, twitter account is like best vote clips right and then like the workers will like because they'll be like billy liked this thing on twitter or candy lee liked this thing on twitter and then they'll like dm me and be like holy shit that's so cool can we do a spot like that like things like that mm-hmm. where it's like and i think that's just human nature to kind of be self-involved to apply it to you but yeah it, they mean it lovingly they don't mean it disrespectfully they're right. like i thought that was cool and i would like to do it and you're like oh girl you don't even know why you can't i was like it, it would <laughs> listen my favorite thing is explaining to them like how like i can't take a bump like a dip right because <laughs> like you know uh mickey james did that by accident at wrestlemania a couple years ago and that was like a phenomenon in the locker rooms. Like, how did she do that? And I'm like, girl, she just fell and then her leg happened to go back. But y'all, y'all have that. Y'all have that. <laughs> Something else we were talking about just like yesterday or whenever was like balancing teaching the children something that they might not know versus being perceived as being disrespectful to the history of that thing. Mm-hmm. Like I could see an uppity ballroom person getting really mad at Paris's bumping. I obviously think they would be in the wrong, but I'm also not the person to be able to think that. But mm-hmm. it, it is, it does feel like you're walking a, a fine tightrope of like, am I being respectful? Am I being educative? Or am I, you know, is, is my interpretation of these things actually sort of disrespectful? And mm-hmm. I know your intentions are right, but I wonder how you think about that. So that is my number one concern about the show. Hands down. I would hate if like Laomi saw this and was like, that's appropriation. That Mm. would break my heart. I would retire. I would never be seen again. If the ballroom community really felt like it was like mocking or or, um, being any sort of disrespect. And for me, I really hope that that's not the case because the energy, and I don't know if you felt this, but it felt like an actual ball at times. Oh my god, it was it was a magical day, and it but and it felt like it felt like that same, and even though like wrestling to work, we're all working together. Who cares? But like it felt that competitive fire to do your very best uh, was there, and 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 the like the the like the passion and the the, the physicality really. Whew, I did not expect these matches to be as physical as they were, including my own. Um, yeah, for real. <laughs> girl. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt like I was out of all, you know? And I don't have extensive knowledge, right? So, like, I can't tell somebody who's been doing this forever, you know, you know, if Trace Lissette watches this and thinks I'm a piece of shit, like, she's entitled, you know? She's, like, a fucking legendary mother, you know? So I feel like Trace for Lizette is gonna love it. I hope so. I feel like I feel like it's one of the things where it's like, if you get it, you're gonna love it. If you don't get it, I get why you don't. Because mm. pro, you know, for me, I see pro wrestling as the best chaser for anything. Like it's a great medium to to blend things. You know, like one of the jokes about the show is like, this is how you actually promote art pop, Lady Gaga. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh. but like. I, you know, it's it, it's a touchy subject. You know, I really want this to be a, a, a way for, you know, my trans sisters in wrestling to like 
be seen in a way that is more empowering to them instead of like, look, we have one of those. Mm -hmm. So for me, making the deliberate choice, well, number one, COVID, right? Because like the original card had a legendary trans wrestler, Mariah Moreno, work a match. Um, And one of the plans was for Candy Lee to come in and work a match and and also incorporate, you know, down the line with other shows, trans talent like Still Life, um, Molly McCoy, you know, the list goes on and on. but because we can't do that and things were limited, presenting Candy doing voguing femme queen at her presentation is, I've seen it. The kids are not ready for that. Oh my God, I'm gonna make you send it to me right after this call. And you're gonna gag. It's so fucking good. She slayed the game. And, 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 but I want her to be booked the way she deserves to be booked. Mm. And, I, and, and, and I feel like there's this disconnect because like, how can you uh, effectively write for something you don't know about or have experience around, right? So like, not every story has to be about like gender identity or anything like that. That's not what right, I'm saying. Right, of course. But that experience also comes with these like amazing other things, right? So like, why can't you have a match that's like a good housekeeping match, like China won the Intercontinental title, but with Candy, you call it a category is death match. And the weapons are all things you would find at a ball. You know right, what I'm saying? I love that. So like, to me, it's like, there's going to be this barrier with like cishet promoters and queer wrestlers forever because the understanding will never be like at the same place. And also like for some queer wrestlers, they really want cishet acceptance and that's it. And they don't want to delve deeper into their queerness. And Paris really is unapologetically queer, you know? Right. Um, and I think that that's going to be the thing that like for some people in wrestling, they're going to love it or they're going to fucking hate it. And like, if they fucking hate it, great. Um, I hope I can only hope Jim Cornette sees it and uh, has an aneurysm. The the, the thing about, the thing about that is that if Jim Cornette watches it, it is booked. And I swear to you, it is booked like a Midwest territory from the 1980s. Right, it is but the he same exact be way. See it that way, you know, because oh, he's yeah. so stubborn. And so, uh, what's on the surface, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, basically, it's just like a, to, to go back and answer the question because I got long-winded. I no, don't, you're fine. I don't want people to feel disrespected. I don't want them to feel appropriated, and I really hope that it comes across that this is a celebration of of queer people in this industry and the art form that I have the utmost respect for and blending these two worlds and, you know, celebrating that. And also the plan before COVID was to have actual ballroom performers at these shows, to have actual ballroom experience people judging some of the categories. You know, this was supposed to be like a really like drawn out, like you're gonna be here all night kind of event. Uh, with the original plan, but just like a real ball, <laughs> right? Like no one was getting home until like five a.m. Like that right. was the plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Like because you know one of the famous lines in the documentary is like because you know showgirls, like I wanted to hire actual showgirls who wouldn't yeah. be available until one a.m. Like period, right. you know? So you know taking this huge idea that I had in December twenty nineteen, and then now it's. October 2019 and condensing that into under 90 minutes, it, you know, it's tough, but I hope that the spirit and the intent is super clear. And I'm working very diligently to make that the case. 
What was so, so who, impressive to me? Oh, you go, Barica. So who uh, who else is on the show? What do we have to look forward to? So, um, so many of my favorite people were on the show. Uh, but I want to shout out Il O'Neal, uh, who was supposed to be the trade of the show, but he wasn't feeling well, and he called me, and he pulled out, and thank you for that compliance, and uh, I can't that wait to have cool you on the next there. show. Yeah. Yeah. He'll walk Twister next time. Oh, fuck <laughs> me up. <laughs> but thank you, for, thank you for pulling out before you got us all infected. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> girl. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Uh, so our MC is, uh, no pun intended, the legendary Larry Legend, who's uh, one of the first queer uh, ring announcers in wrestling history. Um, we have a special sex siren performance from legendary trans wrestler Mariah Moreno from the West Coast. Uh, we have Candy Lee, uh, voguing femme queen. We have our judges, uh, Accident Report, Faye Jackson, Kel Rose and uh, Connell Kelly from North Carolina, who was an up and coming manager who I've had my eye on for a year. And I'm excited to give him a chance to do something. I uh, loved him. He was so cool. I, 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 he has something and it's just been frustrating watching him not be given a chance. So I was just like, all right, I'm in mother mode. Yeah. You know, and I didn't give him direction. I said, just do you. And looking back, I'm really happy with what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, you all as judges had a really good camaraderie, which was really nice because like we were having so much fun, the four of us. I, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. Like it. Like everything that I thought would happen really did happen. Um. So we have Darius Carter, who is just trash. Um. Who I am wrestling in the main event. We we resur- we resurrected the Divas Championship, um, which is my feminist manifesto if I've ever had one. Uh. Eddie McQueen is the Divas champion, and he's defending it against uh, Erica Lee, Corinne Mink, and Jared Evans in a four-way. Um, Ashen Star is taking on Sahara Seven, who Ashen is amazing. We know this. And also Sahara Seven is somebody I came up with in the 757 area of Virginia. And to see her kill it around the world, Japan, I just wanted to have that nod to somebody I you know, started up with. And also, she's so talented. She and was she, so cool. She gave, she brought real ballroom vibes because she was in like a shoot ready to get into a fight with someone. And I love that. About uh, her. It was so, I was just like uncomfortable at points watching that match, especially when they yeah. get on the pool table. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I left my checkbook at home. Um, <laughs> we used to have to, we had a rule because someone got in a pool table at a nobody show. We had to have a rule from then on out that nobody, no queens on the pool table. It did well, not work. People did it not It didn't work. work. Uh, a lot of rules that I said at the beginning of the show uh, were not followed. And you know what? I'm glad they weren't because I'm looking at the end product now and it's worth it. I think what was so amazing about that day, I mean, there were so many things that were so amazing about that day, but I think what was so amazing about that day was that you had a vision of the story of the event. Like you were making a full art piece with a beginning, a middle, an end. There was a moral, there was a there were themes, there were motifs. Like it is a full movie as much as it is a wrestling show, as much as it is a ball. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that was noticed. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, for me, like, I don't, you know, the world is so um, 
unknown, especially now. So this was like my one shot to like contribute, you know? And like when I promoted this as like my magnum opus, I was, I, I take that verbiage super seriously. And I think that wrestling can be so many things at once. So um, I'm glad that that was noticed. And I hope people pick up on that. And, you know, part of it in editing, I'm like, oh my God, this is low key, like a 1988 to 1994 ABC after school special. Um, oh and like, I don't know how I feel about that, but it is what it is. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely like a good versus evil type of vibe. And like, a, you know, I think people are just gonna leave watching this feeling super happy. And like, I think for, a really underserved, underserved demographic, they're gonna feel really good about themselves and really more welcome to wrestling after this because there's everyone across the spectrum. And that's it's super dope. Commercial break. Nobody Saying Hello is brought to you in part by Book It by Foam Hammer Games. Book It is the pro wrestling promoter card game that puts you and your friends in the shoes of an independent wrestling promoter trying to run the hottest company in the world. This game is a must-have for pro wrestling and board game lovers alike. Book the venue, hire the talent, and book the best matches to make the most money and build your reputation to win. Play with up to four people and your favorite pro wrestling superstars like Kaylee, Double M, or the father figure of indie wrestling, Buffy. Enter promo co code The Nobodies for ten dollars off. Get started today at foamhammergames.com. There was there was like I had like a moment where when we were talking about like the audio, whatever that we was going on in it, and you were like, No, 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 it's gonna look like a, a VHS tape. And I like my like brain exploded a little because I it did remind me that like Ballroom people trade VHSs like wrestling people do. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's like a deliberate, like, there's so many, oh God, I don't want to sound like I'm like eating my own ass, but like, there's so many like little nuances that I wrote on a notebook that I wanted to incorporate in the show. And like, I'm happy that you picked up on that because I want this show to show all of the similarities of the cultures. So like, one of the things is I want this to be that this was the most epic wrestling event of its time and it was traded around so much that like you can barely watch it. Yeah, the VHS is all warped and shit. So like there's like in my match there's like 20 skips and like things just jump to another section. Like it's not <sighs> a smooth watch. It looks like it's fucked up. Now how we introduce that is very simple. Like I'll spoil it. Like the start of the movie is literally a video I ripped off YouTube of somebody putting a cassette into a, v a VCR. Mm -hmm. Like self-explanatory. I had this whole idea of like, I'm dead and my daughter presents this at, for like her college dissertation. And I was like, you know what, fuck that. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a, a lofty framing device. <laughs> right, I was like, you know what? No girl, it's wrestling, keep it simple, stupid. So. Yeah, thanks for picking that up. Um, that's something I really wanted to highlight is that ugh, this is so, these two worlds are so similar. And I really hope that people pick up on that. Like another thing, another thing was that like one of the, the questions people had was like, are we, is our music going to be, like, is everything going to be silent and then you put everything in post? And I'm like, no, girl. No, like every bad indie dvd it's gonna have shitty audio right and it's gonna fucking be horrible bass and you're gonna just sit and love it because it was a key 
Uh, so it, it comes across that way, I'll tell you that much. It's so funny because when I, like, I think about, obviously, like, ballroom music a lot because that's, like, what I love and what I listen to. And when you download a ballroom track and it sounds good, there's something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it has to, like, you need the crackle of the bass. You need the mic cutting out. You need the chanting to sound like it's peeking out. Like, it's the, the grittiness. And this is similar, I mean, this is completely similar to wrestling. The grittiness is part of why it's so enjoyable. And I think wrestling fans think that wrestling is unique in that way. And it's like, no, you just have to look at other cultures and see that there's all kinds of other cultures that mm -hmm. like have pipe trades that have that kind of uh, like glamorization of the, of the gritty parts of, of the culture. So mm -hmm. it's, it's so, it made sense to me when you said that and it like, I, like something in my brain clicked where I was like, oh my God, I fully get Billy's vision right now. Well, thanks. I, one of the things that I hope somebody calls it cheap, that will make me so happy. Calls it cheap? Yeah. <laughs> I hope somebody like his wedding value was so awful. Like the camera, like I, I told the camera guys, don't bring your most expensive camera. Like it's grainy. Like it, it doesn't look high, high def really whatsoever. Like oh my god, I, I can't wait. I want it to look cheap. I want it to look worn out. I want it to look like this is something that you found in your dad's closet. And why is your dad married to your mom? And why is why are they always <laughs> talking about this word divorce that you never heard of about? You know what I mean? Like that's what kind of vibe. And you're watching this at 2, you know, 2 a.m., you know? Yeah. It's so cool that nowadays, like, with that, like, Vogue's Best Twitter account, you can see the old, like, VHS tapes of... Oh. Like, and I just think they're so cool. And I, like, obviously, like, I'm a Jewish kid from Long Island. I don't have a way to get those VHS tapes. But, like, just seeing the clips on, the, on Twitter are so cool. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I'm working on right now is another, uh, like, little teaser but not using any show clips. And what I'm focusing on are the balcony dives. Uh, yeah. Because like, I just type in ECW and you find nothing but balcony dives. And then I want to show some of the like legendary, like hanging off of these raptor moments that these girls are like, just like giving it everything to. And like, just hammering home the sameness, you know? That account is so valuable. Like, uh, I, I, I'm so grateful for whoever makes that account. I know, I know, I know. It's like truly like a historical important thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, the kids have all the information. It's just a matter of them finding it. You know, I yeah. hate to sound like I'm fucking like 70, but like, no. but like, I also like, I fully gag every single time a wrestler sees a Vogue clip and is just like, what the fuck is this? I can't believe someone did this. I, I, you know, one of the things I really want to do is take wrestlers to a ball. <laughs> it would be like a, a school trip. Like, you yeah. have to record that. You Permission record slips that. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Permission slips from your promoter. <laughs> yep. I really want to take workers to a ball just to see them lose their shit. Like, oh my God. Because wrestlers also think they're the shit. They think that they're doing these, like, amazing stunts, and they don't know that, like, the girls underground are doing it in heels, you know? Well, to me, like, one of the things I find hilarious is, like, this, like, and I hate this about art in general, this, like, obsession about, like, being the first on the scene of anything. Like, I invented this. I'm like, girl, no, you didn't. Like, this is, like, I'm not creative. This is not, like ground i mean it is groundbreaking but i mean like i'm not the first person to blend two things together and see what happens 
And like wrestlers are like, oh my God, nobody would ever do a cartwheel and land on their knees or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, oh really, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it, 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 it's, I think that wrestlers are so isolated in the wrestling bubble. And this is something I talk about a lot with my kids. Oh, I'm that girl. Um, but like with my kids <laughs> is is like um getting outside of the wrestling bubble. Like there's so much more to, to learn from and to grow from. And I think so many wrestlers only really hone in and, and research and study wrestling. And that's why there's this like really like um defensiveness around the craft and like unwillingness to see like other art forms as like quote unquote valid or whatever the case may be, because they don't know that there's a whole other world of valuable art at their disposal. Right. It's like it's like we were saying, like every wrestler should be forced to watch like the Fenty show because they need oh. to they need like the promoters need to see like here's what a show looks like when you actually book every kind of person. It it was like, here's what the future everyone's pretending to have, and nobody died. Right. Literally. Yeah. It's like there's so much like like work put into like I mean like I I get a little tired of like the sort of like Twitter diversity discourse because I find it very simplistic a lot of the time mm-hmm. and it's like the people who talk the most about it aren't the ones that are actually doing it and then something Ooh, like girl. you know like uh like a a Fenty show comes out and it's like Rihanna not really trying very hard just kind of calling up her friends and being like come walk in my show but she just has a really amazing group of collaborators. So like the show itself just was diverse. It didn't have to be like this like statement. It didn't have to be, it was just like, she's just like every single type of person, like I am selling a product for every single type of person. Here's every single type of person. Yeah. And and I like, I, I watched it uh, this morning and you know, for me, what I love the most about it was what you just said. It wasn't preachy. It wasn't her like, Oh my God, look, like I've invented fat people. Like <laughs> it was just like, no, like uh, these are people and they serve and they do their they do their things. And I think, whew, speaking of wrestling, Twitter discourse that I fucking can't stand. Um, one of the things I really have an issue with as a marginalized person is the insult that diversity is easy. When right. it is intentional, and it will always be intentional. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so for me, I have to, and I, I guess affirmative action is the word, whatever. But like, I do have to have a certain people that are from different races, gender expressions, sexual orientations. Of course, like, I don't want a show full of gay guys that are cis. No, I want non-binary individuals. I want people of all shapes. You know, one of the things for me is like trying to push the envelope in a way that this LGBT thing is cool, but why isn't somebody with my body type involved in the conversation? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a lot to unpack for a regular wrestling person. Like they think, you know, if we look at, like, the, the, the top queer performers, you would go, like, Jake Atlas, Sunny Kiss, Effie, um, AC Mack, they all have the same body type. You know what I'm saying? And I'm mm-hmm. like, if we can have Kevin Owens be a thing, then, like, we can have somebody with my body type 
get there. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't want it to be okay. Here's a promised land, and now we have to do all these other battles. Like I want when there's a finish line to be crossed, it's just done and over with. So you know, for me, if I'm marginalized in several ways, and I have to really think hard about what actual representation looks like, somebody far more privileged than me should be doing five times the work Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. do that. And it's frustrating to see white cishet men put themselves over like they're fucking Jane Elliott because they book a biracial girl. Mm -hmm. And that's all they booked. Mm -hmm. Or they book one popular queer talent. That's not what this is. That's not what this is. Um, So I I, I hope that this is a lesson in like, number one, there's so much undiscovered queer talent and underappreciated queer talent out here uh, and, and women wrestlers and people who can do different things. You know, we don't have managers anymore. Why is that? We don't have all these other positions, you know? We don't see a lot of black refs on the independent scene. Like we just don't, which was important for me to have a black ref. You know, also someone who was an incredible ally uh, to the, excuse me, <clears throat> to the community. So it's, it's, it's work, you know, it's, mm. just, it's just work. And I just, I'm, I'm very insulted by like this, like, ah, oh, that's it, that's it. We created diversity, now we're gonna go back to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no girl like the battle the battle has yet to fucking begin mm-hmm. like we can't we can't even have our sisters on tv not be fucking harassed okay like who the fuck do you think you are mm-hmm. like no okay yeah we got the payday you think that's it no now it's booking us consistently now it's not having us job out now it's not having us only rustle girls because you think that we're one and the same or it's not, oh, well, we're going to book one of you that's masculine, one of you that's feminine, and that's it. No, it's like, evaluate us as talent. Like, I was sick to my stomach to find out when I booked Russell Rowe in March that that was one of his only, like, singles matches he's gotten to do with, like, no restrictions. That was mm. fucking disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. So it's a big thing. It's a big thing. I don't want to get so boxy, but it's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out more on October 29th. 10 p.m. on IWTV. I'm so excited. I'm probably going to, like, cry during it. Are you going to cry? I probably will cry during watching it. Because Are we going to have a watch party? We could. We could. I, mean, so, I don't know how to organize that, but we could. Um, nobody can come. Just a very select few. Um, <laughs> I think it's that time that we do rapid fire. Ooh. These are one-word answers to the best of your ability, as quick as you can. Are you ready, Billy? Uh, let me take a sip of water real quick, because your girl worked herself into cotton out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's ready. All right, rapid fire. Favorite food? Are you there? Bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> oh my good god, answer, that took answer, forever. Good answer, good answer. Oh god, chicken or egg? Chicken. Scrambled or fried? Scrambled. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Favorite color? Pink. Favorite comedy? Romain Michelle's High School Reunion. Ah! Favorite drama? 
Million Dollar Baby. Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna say that other wrestling promotion. Just kidding. After um, <laughs> <laughs> four four. Uh, favorite uh, wrestler. China. Favorite lady. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata. Oh my god! Favorite baby. Me. Oh, dream job. Owning my own wrestling promotion that is on prime time. Ooh, something you miss. <sighs> Keep keying till 7 in the a.m., smoking cigarettes and drinking wine. What's the weirdest thing in your house? <laughs> um, way too many packs of duck sauce for the Chinese restaurant. Oh, oh that's not that weird <laughs> no someone, it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> someone you miss my best friend falcon favorite drag artist of all time oh fuck oh my god Welcome to stage oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> shit oh candace kane Oh, yes. The following are true or false books. What? (laughs) Are they true or false? True or false books. False. False. Magazines. True. Wrestling. True. Drag. Super true. The secret. False. (gasps) God. Oh, Oh, honey, after this week, she's true. (laughs) the gender divide oh true sitting to pee true who's your favorite nobody dead or alive the hell in a cell voice that you all used (laughs) (laughs) good answer good answer say something nice about accident report Effective cuntiness. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Say something nice about me. Pure joy. Aw, true. Aw, that's <laughs> it. That's the show. We did it. We did a podcast, everyone. I love it. Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank uh, you. You can follow Paris. Paris is bumping on Twitter at Paris is bumping. Billy, what's your Twitter handle? Is it at Billy Dixon? The Billy Dixon. At the Billy Dixon. Do you have anything uh, else you want to plug before we we depart? When is this coming out? Thursday. No. Okay. No. Nope, following just kidding. Thursday. Following Thursday. Next Thursday. Oh. Uh, no, that's it. Okay. What are you putting on, Berica? Berica's putting on some kind of concealer now. It's um. It's sunscreen. <laughs> it's like hydrating. Face lotion. Look at my skin, Henny. Do I look like I'm almost 40? I don't think so. Giving the give. You can totally be cast as over 18 to look younger on any CBS comedy. (laughs) Yes! Okay, that's nobody's watching. Nobody's saying hello. Nobody's watching you say hello. (laughs) Um, This has been Billy Dixon. Thank you. I'm going to stop recording.